Bremen, founder of Keto Crisp. Today we're on the pod, Can Do Podcast with my good friend, Danny Goldberg. Danny, thanks for coming on today. It's so great to have you, buddy. How are you? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, it's great. Guys, before we get started, I just want to give you some incredible background about Danny. Um, Danny is an entrepreneur who has started several businesses in college. He won $50,000 to start his first business and subsequently went on to start a seven-figure manufacturing agency where he helped create the Gravity Blanket, which to date is the biggest Kickstarter uh, project in history, grossing $4 million in just 30 days. I can't wait to get into that, Danny. What, what, what a feat there. Outside of his business goals, his, his life mission is to help people deal with adversity and overcome even greater circumstances, building their dream life. To do this, he uses a platform called Bits of Gold, and we'll get into that. It's a podcast that he does weekly, and he's often on it and brings guests and talks about tragedies, successes, business stories, and so on and so forth. It's my great pleasure to have Danny on. Danny, thanks for coming on today, and uh, it's really awesome to chat with you. I really appreciate it, my man. Absolutely. So, so pumped to be here today. Thanks for having me on. You got it. First, I want to get into... Uh, this business project. How did you get started with that? That's a daunting task in college, and 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 congrats to you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, I've been a I've been an entrepreneur since uh, from an early age. When I was 14 years old, I started my first business uh, selling boxing gloves door to door. Boxing still my biggest passion, and uh, at the time, I was uh, working at a gym, and uh, you know, I I saw a lot of people. I I was working at a gym. I essentially was like the gym janitor. I was cleaning up the gym uh, on weekdays, weeknights, uh, weekends. And, um, you know, I saw an opportunity to sell equipment in the gym to the people who were working out there. And my dad really nudged me to pursue the things that I was deeply passionate about. And that sort of led me down the path to entrepreneurship when I was 14 years old. Uh, really thanks to my dad. He, 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 uh, you know, helped sort of set some things up for me, but pushed me to pursue my passions. And at that time, and still today, boxing was one of my biggest passions and uh, imported a, a good amount of equipment from Thailand and then started selling it gym to gym. And from there, the story sort of evolved from boxing equipment to uh, me being involved in co-founding a, a Diamond MMA, a, the world's most protective jockstrap. And uh, today, I'm no longer in either of those businesses. Uh, in 2015, I I sold my boxing glove business uh, to one of my largest customers and uh, subsequently went on to uh, leave the jockstrap business after building it for a year and a half. And I went on to start a manufacturing agency, helping companies source, manufacture, and scale consumer products overseas. And uh, that's really what I've been doing the last six plus years now, helping consumer facing companies find, uh, set up and scale supply chains overseas. That's great. One of the things that you touched on, and I want you to talk about it further as we look into the entrepreneurial side of this podcast, is I really think it's critical to find what you're passionate about because it doesn't seem like work when you're doing something you love. Talk about that and, and you know, how it makes you feel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in terms of how it makes me feel, I mean, there's, 
there's nothing better in the world than waking up, getting to do the things that really make you come alive, the things that you truly enjoy. Um, you know, you sort of hit the nail on the head, but if you can find that sweet spot, uh, you know, you'll, you'll never really work, work a day in your life, or you'll be willing to put in the late nights and the early mornings because you'll be so energized around the things that you're working on. Uh, but with that being said, it's, it's much easier said than done. I think, uh, you know, when I was in college, I'm now 27, but when I was in college, um, especially now looking back as like a 27 year old, uh, the, the stakes for failure or the stakes, the stakes are just so low in regards to, uh, you know, you're, you're a student, you're in school, you could fail a million, try a million things, fail a million times. And there's really like, um, there's very little in terms of failure, really putting you backwards. It's more just like a failed experiment, a learned lesson. Um, and in college, I was constantly experimenting or trying new ideas, tinkering with businesses, etc. Um, and I think really you want to strive to try to figure out both what you're good at and what you're passionate about to try to, you know, build a, a career there because I'm a pretty passionate guy and I have a lot of passion still to this day. Like I love boxing. I like, I like hiking. I, I love music, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I should have a business in all those categories. So I think Correct. now is, yeah. So I think now as I continue to, uh, you know, grow, grow up and evolve with age, I, I continue to think that. Uh, there's a sweet spot of finding what you're good at and what you're passionate about and trying to pursue that. And, I, and you bring up a great point, find what you're good at, and then also know where you need to hire, where you may not be good at, and bring in partners, build teams, because life is all about relationships, and it's so critical to have those relationships to build a lifelong you know, friendships and community. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one other thing that uh, has continued to become more and more important to me is just like working with people you really want to spend time with. And I had a job, I worked in a, for a tech company for a little bit. I've started numerous businesses. And uh, I think one of the biggest things now also, as I think through like, hey, where do I want to spend my time? What's the business I want to focus on, etc. Working with good people, working with people you really enjoy, um, I think it's just just as important, maybe if not more important, than finding the thing that uh, really makes makes you uh, th the thing that you're really passionate about. I'm sure you can relate with this at at your own uh, in your own business. But when you're working with people that you want to work with, it just becomes the greatest time in the world, regardless of the problem that you're trying to solve or how bad the problem is. If you have a warehousing issue, a shortage of material, or uh, you know raw raw material, or you're trying to solve a big problem, if you're doing it with someone that you truly enjoy spending time with. It's like the greatest time in the world. Right, because you're, you're using all your skill set, you're communicating, you're problem solving, everything. You, I couldn't have said it better myself. And <laughs> even, you know, every day there's, there's challenges, but I take them as opportunities to learn and grow and to work with those people. And, and it is super fun. It doesn't make that every day is the greatest, but at least if you got those people in your corner, you know you're going to get through it. So that's, Absolutely. That's, that's critical. I, I want to get into, um, you know, uh, your, your, your Bits of Gold podcast. That's how we were introduced. You had sought out Keto Crisp, and I was fortunate enough to be a guest on your podcast. And we talked early in the introduction about how the podcast, you, you bring guests on that have been through certain things in their life and 
overcome tragedies, adversities, and for, for, unfortunately, you and I have both lost folks near and dear to our life. Um, I lost my dad in 2011 to cancer. We lost our dad. And then in 2015, I also lost my wife to cancer. You unfortunately have lost both your parents. Uh, one, uh, your mom at age 20, or, or excuse me, your dad at age 20, and then your mom at 25. And, you know, I don't have to tell you how devastating that is. But for me, I look at the times that we had together and the lessons that we learned. Can you talk about, obviously, the incredible tragedy, but how it made you a better person and your message going forward to those listening to the podcast and just your outward message every day that you live your life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, how much time do we have here? You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of bits of gold that I can share. <laughs> you, you have a lot of bits of gold, and that's why I wanted to bring you on, because you're just an incredible, incredible guy, and I just, I, I love listening to you, so as much time as you need. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot that I could dive into and talk about here. Um, so yeah, you know, I lost my dad uh, when I was 20 years old, I lost my dad to a rare cancer. He was sick for about seven months. Um, and then when I was 25, I lost my mom to an even rarer, more aggressive cancer. Um, and she was really only sick for about two and a half months. Um, you know, there, there is, I guess, let me just start by, by taking a step back and saying that grief is incredibly complex. Uh, you know, there's no right way to grieve. Um, and for me, you know, I'd say I greatly have focused on personally not why these bad things have happened, but rather what am I going to do as a result of the circumstances that I've been put in? And Correct. when when my mom passed uh, at her at her funeral at, in the eulogy, I spoke. That's really the 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 message that I wanted to share with uh, those that were there. That it's not why but it's rather what and that's really what I believe is the the best question you can ask when hard things happen in your life because hardship is an inevitable part of our journey in life um you know I I really believe that uh regardless of of age how young you are uh hardship adversity and loss I mean loss is a uh it's a part of the human journey and at some point everyone faces uh, dif difficulty and specifically loss, you know, everyone, we all live and eventually we'll all die. So, um, specifically that was really the thing that I chose to focus on. It doesn't mean that there are still days that are extremely difficult or where I wake up sad, hurting, um, especially specifically with grief, you know, it's like an open, it's sort of like a wound that I say never truly heals that it's under your shirt. It's not, uh, maybe you don't see it on the outside because you and I here, you know, we both um, we both share share significant loss and painful loss. And uh, you and I are sharing this awesome moment where we're smiling, talking and having an amazing moment here. Uh, but it doesn't mean that there aren't days where we wake up where our wounds might be more raw, more painful, and we're feeling that sadness. Um, so, you know, I always say that it's sort of like these wounds that are under your clothes where maybe to the outside you your friends or 
strangers can't see it, but they're, they're always there. You're always carrying them with you. And sometimes they're more raw than, than other times, uh, specifically as it relates to just getting back to the way I sort of have taken, uh, my own losses is to really focus on what I'm going to do now as a result. And as I really reflect on what I've lived through, you know, they're really what I just try to focus on every single day is the fact that I'm alive, I'm healthy. And that in and of itself is a blessing. And I'd say probably the biggest lesson I'd say that I've gained as a result of the losses um, really is around time and the value of, of our time and how important it is to uh, prioritize, you know, our, our, our own time. I think prior to definitely prior to losing my dad, I hadn't experienced any loss. And then after I lost my dad and my mom, I, I really view the world entirely differently. And today I try to focus my energy and efforts around waking up every day, doing the things that make me happy and really asking myself, you know, knowing that I too am going to die one day, how do I want to spend the limit, my limited time on earth? And I, I speak about this quite a bit with some of my other friends. And, uh, you know, we always say the greatest wealth is, is time wealth, be, becoming time wealthy and optimizing your life to focus on taking ownership and, and being in control of spending your day or spending your time exactly how you want it, doing the things you want with the people you want. And I think that's sort of like the greatest, one of the greater gifts that I've, that I've gained as a result of, uh, getting all too familiar with death, death too early in life. Uh, but, you know, I, I am grateful for it because having that mentality has sh- sort of shifted me to start to live my life in a certain way where, you know, I'm, I started this podcast, I started this platform in hopes to inspire others to recognize that their time on earth is limited. And, um, you know, if you have dreams, whether it be to start a business, you know, go on some crazy travel expedition, ask a girl out, whatever it may be, you know, uh, we're all, we're all here for a limited amount of time and you should go and pursue those dreams and do the things that make you come, come alive and, uh, you know, really pursue whatever are the things that make you come happy because this thing isn't forever. I, I love that attitude. Things that make you happy. It's so much more fun to have a smile on your face than a frown. And, and really you, you've, you've taught a lot of people, a lot of valuable lessons, you know, not just today here on the podcast, but in the bits of gold and, and, and talk about, you know, um, you know, you talk about your message. How does somebody, what is the first thing that you would, you uh, would advise somebody that's gone through grief or a difficult time? You know, right now we're going through COVID and it's unprecedented. We, you know, uh, it's still ongoing. We, we thought we kind of turned the corner and, and now it's kind of back again. And who knows how long we'll be in this area of unknown, but there's a lot of mental uncertainty. And how have you, how have you dealt with that? Uh, um, and, and what advice would you give to, to, to people listening out there today? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always say, and maybe it's something that you can talk, talk about as well, but like, I I always am curious, you know, for like, I view my life sort of in, in, in 
there's sort of like before death and after death where it was like life, life before my dad died, life after my dad died, life before my mom died, life after my mom died. And specifically with, with loss in each of those instances, it was like, I was one, I was, I was the type of person before my dad died. I had my views on the world. And after he died, it's like, I was sort of a piece of me died with him and I rebuilt my life to be back up with new wisdom, a new perspective on life, etc. And then again, when my mom died, take, took that same sort of mentality where sort of a piece of me died with her. And then I rebuilt from the ground up with a new perspective on life, etc. I I'm always curious, you know, how to take sort of this, uh, the, the wisdom or the perspective that I've gained sort of as a result of my circumstances and how, you know, how do you give that to someone or how does someone else learn that without maybe living through their own hardship? Um, you know, but I think, I think it's tough. Yeah, go on. I, I would say that, you know, obviously death is probably the worst hardship you'll ever go through, but there are different hardships, whether, you know, loss of a job or, you know, uh, just dealing with hardships. I think having that mentality and being able to uh, break it into manageable pieces and taking the situation and turning into a positive, I know that that's worked well for me in my life. You know, I could always say, woe is me, I'm in this chair, I never had an opportunity to walk, but I'm grateful for every single day to be able to do what I can do and not worry about the things that I don't have any control over. Um, as it relates to me, I, I, I would say, you know, I, as I look back on my experience, I'm grateful for all those and, you know, really try, even through the most difficult time, look at the positives. And for example, you know, with my wife, Every day I was there making sure that she had the best life possible, even though it was short, just giving her all the attention, love, and giving her all the, the, the tools to, to be as comfortable as possible and never giving up, always being her advocate and fighting to see if there were ways that we could improve things or just, you know, leaning on family support or whatever and, and just you know, uh, dealing with things head on. Yeah, ab absolutely. I think, I think, you know, you sort of hit the nail, but like gratitude is so important because, and it's funny, like even before you started talking there, I was just thinking, you know, like I'm, I'm so grateful for, uh, and this, this might be very counter to what someone might think, or someone might hear this and say, this kid's crazy, but, uh, I, I truly am grateful for, the hardship too, because in many ways, it's like, without that, um, I wouldn't have the perspective thought or ideas that I have today and specifically really the perspective, because I can guarantee, you know, like if, if my parents were still here today, alive, healthy, I wouldn't be speaking with you and I'd have an entirely different perspective on the, the world. And, um, like the fact that, you know, both you and I share significant loss, and are able to sit here alive, uh, you know, healthy, and we're able to speak, speak about this and, uh, you know, so openly and honestly, it's like such a beautiful thing. So I, I sort of view, 
I, you know, I don't wish hardship upon anyone, but I think sort of if you can, and it's, it's obviously much easier said than done as well, but, and I think it, it has to run its course, right? Like you don't just uh, specifically with loss or an, anything, you lose a job. I got fired from a job. It's not like you walk out of there and you're like, oh shit, I'm happy that, you know, I, whoops, am I allowed to curse? Uh, <laughs> of course you know, I, I, I don't think you, you ever leave those circumstances right away where you go, wow, this, this is great. You know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when, when my mom was sick, um, I remember uh, I was sitting in the other room in complete shock, hysterically crying. And I was really asking, you know, at that moment, I was asking, like, how could this possibly happen again? I only lost my dad less than five years ago. How, how could my mom now possibly be sick, you know, less than five years later? Um, and only to find out that the journey for the next two months while she was alive was was really brutal. I mean, um, she checked in the hospital, never left operation after operation to try to get her to be stable enough to get chemo treatment. She got to one treatment and then, um, it was sort of deemed that she was, uh, she would move into hospice care. And in, in many ways, you know, in those moments, you're not, you're not thinking about, wow, I'm so grateful for this. Of course, you know, like that's, that's crazy. And it's a process that you have to work through. Um, and you have to be open to, you know, the, the painful feelings, the, 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 the hurt, the hurt in, in that process. But like I said, I think eventually you have to, you want to try to come around to a point where you say, you know, I can't, I can't control the cards I'm dealt. The only thing I can't control is, is what I'm going to do now and how for me, it sort of always goes back to specifically with lost time and, how do I want to spend my limited time on, on earth? I think, um, you know, it's something I wake up constantly thinking about just being all, all familiar with how fragile our, our life is. And, you know, I, I, I read this once, but it really resonates with me. Just the, uh, the fact that, you know, each, each day is a gift and there's no guarantee for tomorrow. So, um, but, you know, I think, I think it's just hard to instill, but in, in many ways, I think even now, just sort of as a way, as a result of what I lived through, I sort of enjoy, uh, I enjoy sort of the adversity or the hardship. And I try to actually, in some ways, like I try when I work out or things like that, I try to put myself in uh, different types of hardship now that are more forced or manufactured to try to see, you know, where, where I can push my mental state or, or physical state to be in like the most, uh, to know that I can do more, be more, and strive for more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I live this the rule every day. Every day I try to push myself out of my comfort zone because I feel that's how you improve. If, yeah. you're, if you're constantly raising the bar and you're, you know, uh, constantly trying to evolve and be better, you know, it's always helped me. I, I, I never... And one to feel sorry for myself at all. And like you said, you're dealt these cards and you got to play them to the best of your ability. And life is not always going to go your way, but it's really about how you responded. And you responded so greatly and so eloquently by, you know, helping yourself, number one, but then being able to help others. And I think that's really our common thread is our passion to be able to help others and really make a positive impact on the world. Because I think back, 
when I was a kid, I'm thankful that my friends, my family, they didn't push me in a corner. They knew I was special, not because I sat in a chair, but because of the person that I am. And I, I just, I, I believe like you that everybody has a gift. And I, I think that's really a great mentality and something that, that I live by every day and you do too. Um, talk about, um, uh, let's see, uh, you, you talk about uh, building a purpose in life and you touch on this every day about getting up and being excited for things. What, what are some of the things that you're working on now that you're most excited about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, specifically around the podcast, uh, my Bits of Gold podcast, um, right now we, we release one episode a week with someone inspiring who shares a story of uh, their own adversity, waking up to uh, who they truly are, finding their own purpose and building their dream life. And uh, that's something that's really, you know, bringing me, bringing me alive on a daily basis, because I'm thinking, how can I grow the show, share it with more people, and really just have a bigger reach to inspire more people. I think that, um, you know, exactly the same thing that you're doing both in your business and in your podcast, I sort of have this mentality, you know, if I could help one person, it's, it's all worth it at the end of the day. I'm, I'm also a, I'm an active volunteer for an organization experience camps, which is a free camp for kids ages nine to 16 who have lost a loved one. Um, it's a free one week camp and actually it's coming up here in a couple of weeks now. So I'm really excited about that. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's very similar in the sense that, um, I, I sort of look and, um, I, you know, I'm curious if you resonate with this as well, but I look at, um, going back to like the, the, the gratitude thing and just being grateful. I sort of view, you know, some, sometimes people ask me, a friend might ask me, you know, if you had a magic wand, would you change anything? And a lot of times, some of my friends who have lost a parent, a loved one, they jump right away and they say instantly I would trade it all to have that person back. And, you know, to be honest, I, I don't know if I would trade it back and, you know, it's a silly hypothetical, but I, I sometimes believe, you know, like that I live through what I live through, continue to live through it. But, you know, I, I, I've come out sort of on this other side, like I said, I've built my life back up, have this new fresh perspective on life. And I really believe that now I have a greater sense and purpose to, help others who are also living through significant loss or have lived through significant loss and help inspire them to know that, um, you know, be that beacon of hope, be that bridge of hope for them to know that they too can move forward and once again, find happiness and hopefully, you know, use their hardship to also go out and build a life that they truly love despite of their circum, in spite of their circumstances, in spite of the cards that they've been dealt. And, um, I guess that's, you know, that's just my own perspective and take. I don't think everyone would necessarily agree with that who's lived through something significant, uh, painful, or, you know, something like loss or just feel like, you know, the, 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 the rug was swept from underneath their feet. But I, I truly feel that way. You know, like every, uh, I feel like I didn't live through all this pain just to, to, just to live through all this pain. You know, I, I have a, a greater purpose now. And I'm really hoping to continue to build my reach audience to, to help inspire 
and be a force of good for those who are living through hardship. Well, you're an incredible inspiration and just the selflessness that you take the approach of wanting to give yourself to so many people is going to not only touch one person, but it's going to touch thousands because it's that attitude of you're here to help. You're here to make the world a better place. And you, you really are doing that. And I, you know, your, your honesty and your insight is just, it's, it's incredible because if you ask that question to me, I would say wave, wave the wand and, and bring those loved ones back for sure. But you bring, you bring a very interesting perspective to it. Um, and, and, and that would be my first thing is how, how, you know, how can I help others? Not, not necessarily about me. How can I help the next person be as best that they can be? And I'm so interested in this camp that you're involved in. There's so many people that you can help out and, it, it, it's great um yeah we gotta get you we gotta get you involved yes yes <laughs> yeah you know sure, I, I i don't know you know it's uh the the magic wand things is like a funny hypothetical because obviously it's so out of the realm of possibility but um you know i think In- inky johnson is a motivational speaker who um you know he, he lost his arm in uh in a, fo- in a fo- football traumatic accident um are you, are you familiar with him no i'm not so, you know, he, 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 uh, he went on, he was a, a football player. He lost his arm. Uh, they had, to, they had to amputate his arm and I might be mic- messing up the story a little bit. So uh, don't, don't quote me on any of this, but he, he went on to become a motivational speaker and he, he really used football. Football was a tool to eventually build a better life for himself, his family, etc. And he ended up having this, uh, this, this, uh, accident on the field from, uh, from, a he got, he was tackling someone else and, uh, they ended up having to amputate his, his arm and he couldn't play football ever again. And he sort of, you know, talks about often how he wouldn't, he wouldn't trade a thing. And, uh, because he went on to inspire so many people and motivate, not, not motivation, because I, I don't like to use that word so much, but like really went on to create meaningful change and impact in other people's lives. Yeah, uh, using his story to really, you know, help others make make change in their own life, and it it's like so it's it's so to me it's like wow that's that's so much more powerful than if he went on to become an an NFL star because think about all the other people who heard his story, resonated with it, and said, hey, like I'm gonna make lasting change in my life now as a result, and that's sort of like how he viewed, uh, you know, he he his his accident ended up being sort of this catalyst that, um, you know, made him take, made him make this lasting change in both his own life and other people's lives. And I think that that's really powerful. I I agree. And I think, you know, I've always said this, uh, you know, the world doesn't, the world always gives you things that you can handle. And I always believe that somebody put me in my position because they knew that I could handle it. And so I love when people stare at me and ask questions about the chair. And I love when, you know, because that means they care and I care too. And I want to get to know people and to be able to help them as much as possible. And you and I share the same mentality. We just want to make the world a better place. And you're certainly doing that every day. And it's so, it's so cool. And I don't want to use the term refreshing. It's just awesome because you want to be around more people like that, you know, because, 
we, we, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. Absolutely. And you really, you really take each day as it's your last. And I can, you know, you can see the smile and the emotion in your face. And, you know, every day waking up, like you said, to really make an impact, to reach as many people as you can, uh, is really awesome. It's just, it, it, it's great. And I, I'm so thankful every day on a lot of levels that, you know, but the thing that makes me most proud as it relates to Keto Chris is this bar has allowed me a platform to meet so many cool people like yourself, so many can-do stories, you know, because life is all about what we can do, not what we can't. And, and you certainly live that every day by, you know, going through what you've gone through and turning a negative situation into a positive. And, you know, I say this all the time, you, you know, uh, life is much more fun with a smile on your face. <laughs> um, um, and to have people around that, that can build you up and have that support is really critical, you know, uh, to to getting through the tough times. Talk about your friends and family and how they've been supportive over the years in your business ventures and, you know, obviously dealing with, you know, your, your personal loss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, uh, you know, my, my family first and foremost, but, um, my friends, my wife, everyone who's, uh, congratulations, by the way, <laughs> new, newly married. Very, very exciting. <laughs> awesome. You and Emily both. That's great. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, extremely grateful. I feel extremely fortunate to, have built the the circle that I have between my friends, family, etc. Uh, I think without them, you know, the 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 journey, the life journey, but specifically the the losses would be, uh, you know, that much more painful and difficult. There are several moments in uh, while well, both my dad and my mom w- were sick, where I can reflect back on, and um, I sort of have like many moments uh, and times where I say, wow, like that conversation with that person, whether it be family or friend or stranger was pivotal to the way I was viewing the world at that moment during the lowest low or the most painful points. Um, you know, for anyone who, who is, who is right now living with someone that, um, you know, is whether it be there, uh, whether, you know, I could really speak most specifically to, to, uh, to illness, uh, specifically like cancer when, when someone's, uh, battling like a terminal illness, but, uh, at least in, in that instance, I would say, um, building a, a network around you and leaning, leaning on your friends, your family, it's just so ex- extremely important, especially during those difficult moments, because, you know, I, you don't need to be a superhero and try to, uh, you know, navigate those difficult times by yourself or put all the weight on your shoulders. I, I really believe that, um, I don't know, without, without my family, without uh, the friends that I have those moments, uh, I'm, you know, I might not have made it to this point right now without the people there. And I think also like what, what definitely surprised me, what, especially when my mom was sick was like the, the, the help of complete strangers. I had some friends connect me 
when we were trying to move my mom into a different hospital to, I uh, reached out to some friends saying, Hey, can anyone help? And I had strangers that I never met still to this day who made phone calls to people to try to help. And it's like, you know, you're moved by their ability to, you know, take, take some time out of their busy day to try to help someone they never met, don't know, um, and really try to move mountains to, to help you. And, uh, it's those moments where, you know, I still look back and I say, wow, like people, you know, some people can just be so amazing and it's something you want to pass along, obviously. Yeah. Love is infectious. Yeah. You know, and it's really a beautiful thing and it really shows who's in your corner refer, referring back to the boxing analogy. And it, it's really a, a great, it's a really great thing. So talk to uh, me. I want to go ahead. I um, was going to say, I love, I love a good boxing analogy. Right. Growing <laughs> up, who were your favorite boxers? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'd say, um, so I, I grew up watching, watching the fights all the time. I would stay up to like, Cause the fights were always in Vegas and I grew up in New York and uh, I would stay up late watching the fights with, with, with my dad. Um, we were both like tremendous Manny Pacquiao fans. I actually remember watching the fight where he ended up getting knocked out square on his face. And I was like, <laughs> I thought the guy was invincible. Um, so, you know, that was, he was probably one of the biggest guys who we watched like from more of the early days before he was the Manny Pacquiao that people know today. Right. Isn't it incredible how those those uh, sports memories stick in your mind? For me, it was Mike Tyson, and I'll never forget when he lost to Buster Douglas. And I was just like, "Holy cow! How could this guy lose? <laughs> he was like, he, he was Iron Mike Tyson." Yeah, you you think I'm, you think they're invincible? Yeah, I'm dating myself here, but Iron Mike was was the greatest. You know, it, 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 he was incredible. <laughs> yeah. you still get in the boxing gym uh often yeah yeah ab absolutely growing up i would do a lot more like sparring and trying to compete and things like that but now i just go for uh now i just go for uh the workout i gotta tell you you know through my regimen and transformation of losing my weight i i you know i swim daily and and i, I work in boxing you know at least once a week maybe you know, a couple times a month, and I really, really enjoy it. It's it, it's really uh, a great mind focus, if you will, and it's a great thing for endurance. You think, ah, three rounds is nothing, but you are completely <laughs> gassed after, you know, two minutes, three minutes, whatever yeah. it is. It's, it's great. I was going to say, like, two, two, usually, like, still two minutes in, I'm like, wow, I'm just, I should not be this tired right now. Right, but you're using all your muscles, you know, your mind to, where are you going to throw and how are you going to, you know, set this guy up or whatever you're going to do. So it, it's a great, it's a great mental and physical sport. I really like it. Yeah. Um, um, so, so talk to me now going forward about your business. I, I love hearing all these successes and it sounds like you've got your hands on a lot of things. What are you most excited for going forward entrepreneurial wise? Uh, in the next year or two, you know, obviously we're working on, you're continuing to grow the podcast. Is that your main focus or are you still working on businesses and yeah, I want to hear some. some absolutely. You know, right now I'm still focused on uh, building, building my business, building my sourcing company, 
trying to help more consumer brands uh, with their supply chain, source, manufacture, and scale production overseas. Uh, still have a lot of fun doing that. Um, you know, one one is going back to like sort of finding both what you're good at and what you're passionate about. On one hand, you know, I have the, the podcast, which is uh, something that really brings me to life. But, um, you know, going back to sort of what I said at the beginning, I, I look back at my earlier 20s where, uh, and this, this goes more for uh, specifically, you know, younger kids that are in their, in college, high school, I think the stakes are so low. So uh, my, my, and I know this wasn't the exact question, but my general advice for anyone in their early twenties in college, right out of school, you know, try a lot of different things, get out there, try to figure out the things that uh, you like, the things that make you feel energized because um, you know, later on, uh, it, it gets harder and harder to sort of just do the things that you really, you know, you really enjoy, et cetera. You know, like, like I said, right now, I, I still really enjoy my business of helping companies manufacture products overseas. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to do that, build that, hopefully work with more uh, cool consumer brands. I think one of the, the coolest things about the business that I'm in, and I had like a, I had a, a few sales calls this morning with some new brands that we're exploring working with. I think one of the cool things is we get to work with pot- potential companies uh, to help them make their products before they really enter the market. And um, typically speaking, you know, that it's, it's exciting to not only see how that product gets made, but sort of ride that wave with them as we see, you know, some early stage companies go from small business to mid mid-sized and so on and so forth, where they grow and helping them with their supply chain. Um, that's probably still the most rewarding part of uh, the business that I'm in today. And all the while, you know, while I continue to do that, I'm going to continue to find inspiring people to connect with, to hopefully help it share their stories and continue to build the the Bits of Gold podcast and platform. Very cool. I had a question on the business front. When you look at a business, what are some characteristics where you've seen businesses succeed and conversely, where they may have struggled to get off the ground. Is there a common thread between the successes and the ones that struggle? I, I so I do think, uh, I think maybe counter to what some people would think, where they, they think the idea is the most important. Um, I think more than the idea is the execution and, and the team. Um, Definitely. Because, you know, I've we've worked with a lot of brands where maybe they had a good idea, but they didn't have a good team to execute. Um, and the idea never really comes to fruition in a meaningful way. On the flip of that, um, we've worked on some ideas where, you know, we would just look at the idea and say, oh, that's that's never going to sell or that's a crazy idea. And they bring it to market and they really know how to execute. They really have a good team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're surprised by the, the, the meaningful success. So, um, I think team and execution are probably the, the biggest things I, I think really, um, execution is just so important because, you know, I, I'll just give you a great example. I could, I could start a, a keto bar, you know, try to start a keto bar company, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to execute nearly as well as you have. So, you know, I think that that's the most important part. Well, I, I think number <laughs> one, you gotta be a little lucky. You gotta be a little cuckoo. And all these things got to go into my head, but I couldn't agree more. And I'm so fortunate in all seriousness to really have a great team around me. You're only as good as the people who you associate with. And I'm super, super lucky that I have people 
in the room that are a lot smarter and talented than I am. And I'm just part, you know, doing my thing, being a cheerleader, offering my advice and opinion where it can and just getting out of the way. I think it's, it's crucial to know what you don't know and use your skills that you do have. For me, it's motivating and inspiring and empowering people to be them. Because like I said, everybody has a true gift and bringing everybody's gift together makes something special. And I truly believe in each and every one of the people that we have in our team and love them dearly. And I, you know, it, it makes me so excited to hear when you say execution and team is really the critical part because that's my favorite aspect of this business. Yes, I'm happy the bar tastes great and we're going to continue to disrupt the market, hopefully in a positive way by bringing, you know, great tasting food to, to market and to inspire and to empower people to live healthier lifestyles. But it's more the experience and the time that you spend with your teammates. And, and those are the lasting memories that I'll take forever and be so grateful for. And I think that's ultimately going to be the reason why we succeed or don't because of the team that you have around you. So I think it's a really, really good point that you make. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, you, you know, you inspire your team on a, a daily basis. And I'm sure also, you know, as you, as you build your team, there's people on, on your team that inspire both each other as well as yourself. Right. There's nothing more than I like than working with the team. That's why for me in COVID, it's been especially challenging because we're all virtual. And I like to see people face to face, give them a hug, a high five. How are we doing this? Where are we going here? Bah, bah, bah. What do you think about this idea? You know, so it's been interesting for sure. But we've been able to move the tra tra uh, train along and very excited about, you know, all the things coming up. we got a lot more work to do, and but it's certainly exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for your support of the brand and support of our team. And, but before we close, and you've touched on this before, we talk about life is about what we can do, not what we can't. In your mind, Danny, what's your biggest can-do moment that you're most proud of? Now, I'll give you an example. Mine, for me personally, uh, you know, and it, it's an interesting uh, perspective because I'm always looking at how I can help people and I don't put myself in the forefront. It's always about others for me and how can I make others' lives better? But if I look at it for myself, from a selfish standpoint, which is awkward for me because I'm a selfless person, I would say my biggest can-do moment was the weight loss and the flexibility that I've been able to achieve through diet and through, you know, just weight loss. It's mm. a great question. Uh, it's funny. This is the one that stumped me. I think I'm always looking for, you know, uh, going going back to what I touched upon earlier. Um, I find myself oftentimes trying to put myself now in these uh, moments of adversity where I have to sort of push forward and then realize, Oh, I, I can do that. I think that's sort of what I'm constantly striving for, especially with like the, anything that's, that's physical around like the, the gym or things like that. You know, I ran, I ran a New York city marathon, like uh, I'll, I'll touch upon this one. And um, you know, that's awesome. Uh, you know, em Emily, so my wife also ran the marathon, but so after, after my mom died, this was October 
and she was sick from uh, really August through October until she passed. And when she was sick, I really didn't train at all for uh, my training was like, I would, my, my day is consistent because she was in the hospital for two months from August till October. I would basically get in an Uber or take the subway, go to the hospital, sit with her, be there all day, log onto my computer for a little bit, take care of my work. And then I'd run home. So I take my backpack and I'd run home. And that was sort of like how I trained for the marathon, but I didn't do any, uh, any proper like regimented training or anything like that. Um, so after she had passed, it was October and I have a good friend reached out and he said, you know, listen, you don't have to do this marathon thing. It's a lot running, running all those miles. It's, it's, it's a lot in your body. You're, you have a lot going on emotionally, mentally. You don't have to put yourself through this. Even if you run some, it's, it's, a victory. And if you choose not to run and delay it, um, that's, that's okay too. And I sent him back the longest message being like, of course I, I said not run that, that was never even, uh, that, that thought never even popped into my head to not run, you know, would be the biggest miss here because, um, you know, in spite of what just, I just experienced and the New York city marathon also happens in November. So my mom died October 15th. So I had roughly really like four, four weeks to get, to get marathon ready. And, you know, I told my friend, you know, like to not run would be the biggest miss because just because hard things happen doesn't mean uh, it's, it's not an excuse to not go out there, pursue the things that, that you want to do and to make the most out of this thing called life. So, um, you know, I never for a second thought that I wasn't going to run and, um, not only did I not, did I, did I run it? I told my friend that I won't walk for a second of it. I'm going to run the entire time, no matter how painful it, it got. And, uh, that's, that's exactly what I did. So, you know, that in the more recent years, that's probably one of the moments where, um, I'm proud of where I look back and I said, wow, it's cool that I was able to do that. Now I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, what's, what's the next moment where I can say, Hey, we, we can do this talking more like about myself, but we can, we can put ourselves through this and get past it and make it happen. Yeah. Well, you can, you can do that for sure. Cause you, you're, you're one of the most mentally tough people I've ever met in my life. And we <laughs> use this, we use this term all the time, but you're just oozing with inspiration and positivity. It's so awesome to hear. Like it's the greatest. It's, I want to <laughs> reach through this iPad and give you a hug and a high five. I I know, I know. I want to do the same. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 very uh uh I know I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but I'm I'm tough on myself no. because um you know it's it's funny you asked the question around what, what you can do, etc. But um, you know, I wanna I wanna focus more on trying to find more ways to push the boundaries to to realize, oh, we can we can do more than I think, I think as human beings, we set a lot of limitations, you know, on what we believe we actually can do. And, um, you know, I think in many ways, that's, that's one of the beautiful lessons from loss. It's like, there's no rules to this thing called life. You know, we can, we can do a lot more than, than we tell ourselves we're capable of. And the marathon was sort of like a great example of that. For sure. For sure, and just the mental mindset that you're going to do this and be positive and just go for it. 
it's just it's awesome it's to me it's the only way to go i don't know any other way just to to move forward to enjoy to take every little piece and make it the best that you can and you've certainly done that it's so it's so awesome man i don't know what else to say it's just it's just great it's it's uh, what, what was play. it like when when you because i know you went on that the surfing trip what was that like for you you know it was a great question you know i i had never been surfing before in my life but like you i always want to try things and push the envelope and when i moved to southern california everybody was like adam you got to try surfing and i was like okay let's try it you know what's the worst thing that could happen i fall over in the water and i freeze a little bit you know big deal but like I was so excited by the volunteers and the athletes, like it was just amazing. And it just got me thinking, like if I was in better shape, I could do more things. You know, my brother's incredibly athletic and I've always looked up to him and he's been my hero. And I just wanted to live my life like you, Danny, and just do as many things as I could. I didn't see the chair as an obstacle at all. I saw it as an opportunity for me to just get out there and live life. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. If you feel sorry for me, then you have the energy to better yourself. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I want to see. Mm. Uh, you know, and that, 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 that makes me excited as it does you. Just get out there and do it. Yeah. You know, life is short. Nobody's promised anything. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we, we uh, you know, we overanalyze things and get in our own way. Just get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and if you if you fail, you fail. But, I hope. Uh, go I, ahead. Yeah, you know, I hope more people can uh, learn from my story. They can learn from your story and uh, realize that it really is about not just what you can do, but also having that can do mentality. Um, you know, one one of uh, I worked with like a business executive coach for a little bit, and one thing that she told me, uh, and this was pretty transformational, just in terms of like mindset was, uh, you know, to think two, two things. One, why, why not you? And if not you, who? And also, uh, you know, what if, what if it were easy mentality to adopt this mentality where instead of looking at all the reasons why it's going to be hard, impossible, etc., to just try to ask yourself, well, what if actually this, this does work? And I try this and it's not, it's not as hard as I, as I think it will be. And then, you know, also just why, why not you, you know, I think, like I said, I think a lot of times people put these limitations on what they believe is capable, uh, what, what they believe they're personally capable of, but adopting this mentality where you say, why, well, why, why not me? Why can't I build this business? Why can't I achieve this thing? Why can't I run the marathon? Um, you know, obviously all that needs to be coupled with the mass, uh, you know, met with massive action in a thoughtful way. But, um, I think sort of, having with that mentality can, can, can really push, help you push the limits on what's really possible or what you believe is possible. I think those are great words and just, you know, getting out there and doing it. Why not you? Why not me? Why not this person listening to the podcast? You know, we're all in it together. You know, ask one of the things that I've learned in business too, is people want to help each other. You know, where it's not a competition. It's how can I help you? you know, lending a hand, giving an idea, you know, I'm not, not afraid to ask questions. Absolutely. You know, I think it's great. Well, Danny, I, I know we could talk all day. I know you've got <laughs> a lot of things on your plate. I really, really appreciate your time so much. And, 
thank you. And, I, you know, I can't wait to continue this conversation down the road. And um, listen, man, I, I thank you so much. How do the people get a hold of you and follow you? And guys, follow him. This, guy, this man is incredible. As you know, he's incredibly inspiring, motivating, uh, extremely intelligent, thoughtful, selfless. They're too kind. They're too kind. It's the truth. How do people get a hold of you, my man? Yeah, you can check out. You can check us out on Instagram, Bits of Gold underscore Podcast. Uh, you can check out our website, uh, Bits of Gold dot com. I want to say I should know, right? <laughs> it's okay it's all right buddy and um yeah you can you can contact me uh bits of gold.co co you can contact me there and uh yeah you'll include it in your show notes or something like that i assume right for sure with hashtags <laughs> and everything else so we, we've we've got it here any anything else you wanted to end with i just wanted to again thank you very much for a great hour and it's, it's awesome, and thank you for being part of the Keto Chris family. We love you. Uh, thanks thanks so much, Adam. Thanks so much for bringing me on the, the Can Do podcast, for making the best the best bars in the world. Now I can go back to, uh, to, to finishing my snack. All right, let's get, let's get an actual bite there. That's the almond butter bar. Is that your favorite? It, it's really good. I'm, I'm excited to try the peanut butter one. Yes, we just launched it uh, a couple of days ago. Super excited about a peanut butter chocolate chunk. And for those listening out there, I want to give a uh, coupon code. Um, it's Adam can do for 25% off your order. So if you're listening today and you can share this with your, your friends, then uh, Adam can do for 25% off your order. They're so good. I could eat like yeah. six of them. It's dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. It is dangerous. I remember uh, when we got peanut butter chocolate chunk, I ate one. I'm like, wow, this is great. Let me try another <laughs> one. Wow, this is great. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited there. to try that one. Yes. All right, my man. Well, I really enjoyed it. Have a wonderful evening. And uh, tell Emily we say hello. And I look forward to meeting you both in person someday real soon. Absolutely. All right, my man.